High Noon with George Hook. Thanks to ClaytonHotels.com with 17 hotels across Ireland and the UK. All right, um, it's time now for the Hook Health Checkup with Dr. Kira Kelly. You can send your questions to 53106 for 30 cents. Dr. Kelly, welcome to the programme. Thank you so much, George. There has been a subtle change in the questions while I was away on holiday. How do you mean? Well, they're all addressed to, dear Dr. Kelly, uh, will you ask the doctor? I know. It's Please ask Dr. Kelly. It's terribly disappointing, isn't it, for you? I mean, I don't know why the bother. It's turned into a health slot. I know. <laughs> Who would have ever thought it? And so, therefore, I will immediately go to the one which says, Hi, Kira." in small letters and George in capitals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. Hook is back. Anyway, I'm a 53-year-old woman who's recently been diagnosed with an underactive thyroid. Doctors recommended medication. I'm reluctant. I don't even take paracetamol unless I'm dying. Strangely enough, although she put the question to me, I can't help her. Uh, give us a hand here. Underactive thyroid, really, really common, particularly in middle-aged women. Um I would. I have seen people try and manage this in other ways. I've seen people taking kelp and seaweeds and all sorts of sort of alternative things. I've never seen anyone be successful doing it. The thing is, this is if you have an underactive thyroid, these are the symptoms: weight gain, fatigue, tiredness, leg swelling, dry skin, constipation, sluggishness. It's um, depression. It's it's you. It's your accelerator pedal, and it's like somebody's taking the foot off the accelerator. So you feel very. Worn out so she has to take medication. I, I think it's a boon to take the medication. And here's the okay. thing, I'll tell you. I take it myself. I have an underactive thyroid. And there's if I, nothing underactive about you. There's nothing now underactive about me because I'm taking the medication. But if I didn't take it, I would feel crap. Um, and I'm, I'm oh, a great then. believer in, yes, it's nice to be medication free, but the big thing we should all be striving for is not that, it's wellness. And if it takes a little tiny tablet okay. once a day to be well, so be it. I'm feeling crap. Have I an underactive thyroid? No, you, you just are curmudgeon, that's all. <laughs> Listen, you know the way the Egypts every now and again send <laughs> You're so it. mean to our listeners. <laughs> Stop it. But anyway, he's a mid-50s male. Is a swelling on his elbow, a soft swelling. Who should he go and see? Harry says. Is the answer not doctor? No. It is a doctor. <laughs> I read that too and I laughed. Yeah, go and see somebody like me. You probably have a bursitis. Yeah. Um, sometimes we drain them. We try not to drain them because they're prone to getting infected when we drain them. Um, if you comp- Here's the thing, truthfully, though, what your doctor will probably tell you is if it is a bursitis to wear a compression thing and take anti-inflammatory. So you could try that, I suppose. But I suspect you're probably going to have to go and see a doctor. Hmm. Oh, yeah. But this fella now, uh, Mike D, we should all be taking Lugol's iodine. Apparently they took iodine out of baked goods in the 70s, did they? This is what I would refer to as and he said, Nutri-Babble. Uh, no, we should not all be taking iodine. So we're not iodine deficient. Oh, listen, the nonsense that's... Uh, sorry, sorry, avert your ears. Mike. Mike. Um, no, don't... You know. Nonsense. Okay, we got rid of the nonsense one early on. <laughs> Uh, now, I mean, I'm not even going to say a word, okay. all right, with the next question. Okay. Okay, because sometimes there are questions which I take deadly serious. Good. This is for Dr. Kelly, just in case I wasn't <laughs> taking it seriously. In case you were going to jump in there with your advice. <laughs> yeah. My wife and myself were trying for another baby, but yesterday I found there was blood in my semen. Okay, um, this may be all fine, but this gentleman needs to go and see a doctor, okay? Um 
blood anywhere where no blood should be is sort of uh, not a great thing. Now, that, now, we're not saying to this guy, oh, you have cancer or something. We're not saying that. But what we are saying is this needs to be investigated. You'll need testicular scans and you'll need some blood tests and you may even need to see a urologist. It can be something and nothing because you can have blood in your semen from tearing something and you can have that from sexual things or from passing urine or can passing you? a stone or yeah all I, sorts. I do have some experience in this uh, thing obviously as a highly testosterone male and I never had do the, blood Do the listeners want to hear this next <laughs> no, thing you're going to say? I just never had blood in that area yeah, and no, you if shouldn't. I did it might be a quaint phrase, but I think I'd wet myself. I'd be terrified. Yeah, no, no. He needs to be checked and he yeah. needs to be checked now. So I hope he is listening. Please go to the doctor. You need to have some, okay. some tests done. And maybe but, a urologist too. But can I say this? Um, uh, the Brady family in Harrington Street, great doctors. Yeah. You know, they've been looking after me forever. But Dr. Colum, who was the kind of doyen of the family, I remember I was talking about something to him once when I was trying to have a baby. And he said to me that babies can don't necessarily are not necessarily affected by the health of the parents. In other words, he he has seen babies born to all kinds, you know, to alcoholics yeah. and to people with STDs and all kinds of things. But the baby's still healthy. My reason for saying that is this would be fathers probably terrified that he might affect child. Isn't that right? He, he, I would suspect this poor fella is scared in general. Yeah, I think I mean. he's gotten a fright and he's going, what the hell is this? And am I going yeah. to die? And of all these things? Or and oh my child, God, or everything. Child, yeah. he, but, but listen, it, it could be something as simple as you have gotten a little nick in the top of your penis. It could be something as simple as that, genuinely. How would you get a nick? Oh, people do, George. Do they? Yes, I they never do. got one them either. <laughs> well, that's fair enough. <laughs> but we, we, please go and see your GP yeah. and you may need to see Look, a urologist. He's worried, yeah. 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 I agree. Now, this one's addressed to me. I've no idea why. How often should a person have a checkup after a bypass? I haven't had a bypass, so I don't know. I'd won eight years ago, and apart from bloods, no checkup. Well, there's nothing wrong with him. Why would he want to go and have a checkup? Um, if you've had a bypass eight years ago, you're doing great. You're, you know, that's yeah. all very good. A bypass on average only lasts you 15, 20 years. So you're, you're, you're doing fine, and it's all good. What happens after 15, 20 years? You die? No. <laughs> No, but sometimes the the little stented grafts, the little grafts yeah. that have been put on at the bypass, they, they can they can also start to block. So you need to have things done like your blood pressure monitor. So we should have a test. Like your cholesterol monitored. So those are checkups. I think he's suggesting that when should he have a, a treadmill test or an angiogram? But all the while, first of all, he's had blood. Yes, which and the is modern a, tech is, is tells you nearly everything. Oh, it tells you a lot. So I think sometimes people think, oh, right. I've only had a blood test. I haven't had a checkup. Right. That is a form of a checkup. But don't mind the treadmill. Sure, if you're walking up the stairs yes. and you start... Uh, if you've no chest pain and yeah. your bloods are normal, I yeah. think you're on good can, ground. Can I tell you something recently? Okay. As you know, on Tuesday nights, the lovely Ingrid and I go out for a You date. do, it's so nice. Yeah, but the restaurant's on the first floor, right? Bistro 1 and Fox Rock is on the first floor. Do you always go to the same place? Every Tuesday night, same place, same table, same bottle of wine, same menu. But anyway, normally we come up the stairs. <laughs> it's very romantic. Stop laughing. <laughs> if you had only half that romance in your life, you'd be delighted. You're not wrong, George. <laughs> so anyway, we usually come up the stairs together. But recently he said... I was parking the car. He was typical. And, and uh, Marco owns the place says, I can hear him coming up the stairs. Because when I come up the stairs, I go, <laughs> Are you? Oh, yeah. So I <laughs> put lower behold, who comes through the door but a lady. <laughs> it, was you, it wasn't you? No, it wasn't me. Oh. So Mark had to do a quick... Uh, I'd say he did a quick <laughs> uh, volta face or whatever it's called. Volta face. My French is better than yours. It is.
Yeah, you went in the Holy Child in Kalani. They didn't teach any uh, French. I went to state school in Greystones. That's where I went. The local comprehensive. What about the fella who has two white dots on his foot and now they're painful? And a white dots. Well, he says he did two white dots on his foot. And if you read the whole question, it says he treated them for as warts or as verrucas. Oh, but and now they're not. And, well, they might be, but those treatments hurt. So that's the whole thing I was going to say. Look, oh. here's the thing. First of all, verruca or wart treatments, they have to be repeated, generally speaking. Yeah. It can take up to three months to clear the verruca yeah, or the wart. Yeah. I don't believe all, in clearing verrucas. I just think leave them. Leave them. Why? Do you have verrucas? But I'm not not prepared to answer that question. But they don't. If they don't cause, look. If 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 you have something that causes you no problem. Why go ahead and start doing something They do cause it. people problems. They get stuck. They hurt your foot and your shoe and no, stuff. No, they don't. Um, the, the, the treatments, when they burn or freeze rather off the verrucas, they are a bit sore. Just put a plaster on it, take a Norofen, you'd be grand. Yeah, that's the kind Unless of Unless you're allergic to Norofen or have an ulcer or something. Codicils that's here. That's what I like to hear from you. Real good medical answers instead of the usual claptrap. Dial 999, get an ambulance. <laughs> now, this one I'm worried about. He's 55. He's been diagnosed with positional vertigo. Apparently, if he turns over in the bed, he gets vertigo and he can't go to work the following day. Is he serious? Oh, well, I think it's a she for start because he says, he says, could the menopause have anything to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm suspicious that it's not a man. I've got my big doctor brain on me here now. Could it not be a male midlife crisis? <laughs> right. um, here's the thing. Um, benign positional vertigo is very common. Um, and particularly Could in middle years. Of yes, but here's the thing. This person saying, do I have to be on medication? Am I going to be stuck with this? There is physiotherapy for it. There is a thing called Epley's Manoeuvre where you have to go to a trained physiotherapist really. But they, they, they put you on a, a bed or on a couch and they move your neck in various positions and various planes, if you like. Yeah. And the thought behind it is, is that it's dislodging some crystals in these small tubules inside your ear. Um, but it doesn't matter what the, that's the background. But it is good and it can cure vertigo without drugs. Really you need to find a physiotherapist that does An it. An expert, yeah. yes. Seventh son of a seventh son? Not does usually. That and that hem rubbing is, has been shown to be less effective than you'd imagine. You don't think Mary Magdalene's hem rubs? No, works? not in this. I mean, so many things it does work for, George. But in this instance, I would suggest a but physiotherapist. The interesting thing about vertigo is vertigo is a lot more common than we think. Oh, it's very common. And it's rotten. Not positional vertigo now, but like But it's vertigo rotten because generally. you feel nauseated yeah, and absolutely. sick and people are staggering around the rooms like drunks and it's actually very uncomfortable. Well, what about this 35-year-old? He's been in therapy, right? Yeah. Well, if he's been in therapy, is a problem. But he says, is it common for a man to self-harm? Now, he, he doesn't really cut himself very much, he says, just a few scratches. But oh. it's not common for a man to self harm. First of all, he, he he says a couple of interesting things. He said he says, "Well, I'm middle aged. I thought this was a teenage thing, he's and he's a man, yeah, yeah which is well, thirty five. You know, more. He's an adult, yeah, and he, and he's also a man. He's thinking that's kind of unusual too. And then he's saying, well, it's not really self harm because I only scratch myself. I don't do deep lacerations. First of all, I would say to this guy is this is you're minimising, you are harming yourself. And even though you try and yeah. dress it up as something different, it's not that big a deal. It's a dysfunctional coping mechanism. That's what it is. And that's what self-harm is. And have I seen, I've seen grown men and grown women who do have it. Not have? just, yeah, yeah, no, I have, George. Not just teens. I've seen men and women in their 30s and 40s and 50s doing this. But you need to look at it. People self-harm. But he's in therapy. Hold a million. I mean, what can you say if he's in therapy? Well, I would, I was, uh, do you know what I wonder? Does the therapist know? Because it's a very covert. Are you serious? Yeah, it's a very covert. He might go to the therapist and, and say, say I'm anxious or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
People develop coping mechanisms often in childhood or in their teens that are dysfunctional because they're young and they're immature. But then they often carry those coping mechanisms into adulthood. And those coping mechanisms include things like self-harm, but also overeating or undereating or drinking or gambling or porn or loads of things or shopping. People use these sort of coping I'm mechanisms. I'm suffering from, I've just been counting as you've been going through all that stuff. I'm suffering from four of them so far <laughs> that you've counted. But people, I'm not prepared to say which four. No one wants to know. But people do do this. And, and, and the best thing to do if you ever want to make changes in your life is take ownership. It's the exact same as alcoholism. Take ownership ah, of no. the problem. No, 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 no. But no. take ownership of the problem and say, you know, I am a self-harmer. Right, okay. Put up their hand okay. and say, yeah. I'm harming myself Sorry. and I want to do something about this. Okay, I'm, I misunderstood what no, you No, this, this is not the way forward for me. And there are other healthier ways of coping with stresses if and you, strains. If, if you look at any problem and you stand up and say, I have it, like whatever it might be, is the first step. Exactly. Taking ownership and acknowledging that there is a problem and then dealing with the problem. But you need to find other coping mechanisms. But hold on a while. When I was 18, right? Yeah. I was a procrastinator. Do you know what a procrastinator? Oh, I do. I am one. Well, I mean, 60 years later, I'm still a procrastinator. Procrastination, I can't knock it too much because I do a lot of it myself. But here's the thing. It's not, it's a bit of piffling away your time, but it's not harming yourself. It's not the same as abusing yourself. And we should love ourselves to the extent that we are not willing to harm ourselves if we're in a good place. No, I get that. All right. But Sinead, on the other hand, if I may move on. Please do. Has osteoarthritis. Okay. Yes, right? poor old Sinead. In her right knee and her shin bones. But now she's saying, and, and her hands and, and wrists, she can only walk a few steps and gets exhausted. Pains in biceps and shoulders. Like, it, it, unfortunately, if you have osteoarthritis, in the words of the fella in Dad's Army, you're doomed. Uh, the best advice I can give her is this is and, and, and for some reason and I'm partly basing it on her age because Sinead is a, a fairly young woman's name. Okay, right. um, You know, let's just go with it. Um, a few things she should do. Take some paracetamol for the pain to start off. Take it regularly. Take two of them four times a day so you reduce You're your pain. Me. Keep your weight down, Sinead. If you put extra weight on those joints, you will suffer. Take maybe some cod liver oil or omega-3 fish oils. Those things they help a little bit. But the big thing is this, and you won't like it because it's going to hurt you in the beginning. Move, walk, swim, all of that stuff. Even though it's going to hurt you in the beginning because believe it or not, the pain diminishes with movement. Movement is medicine it for arthritis. It does in my rear end. It does too. Like your, my wrist Sinead, whiz gets. There's my nobody rest, called Sinead who's 75. My, She's not my, your age. My wrist whiz gets. Said he could fix my wrist. Next time I go and play golf and I, I hit 126 shots. Every single one of them in scream and pain. So don't give me a lecture about movement. Like if you try and move whatever the joint is and you've got osteoarthritis in it, you have pain. But George, the reality of my old golfing partner Jerry Boyd, sadly dead. He used to come out and say, "Will we put a bet on this game with the, the other two fellas?" And I said, "We will." He said, "I've taken twenty codeine. I should be okay." But like you George, can't no, just George, take painkillers. No, but here's the thing. Here is the thing. If you don't move, the joints get worse and the pain gets worse. The only way is to sort of move through the pain. That's the only way. And in time, as you get older, yes, you may go down the surgical right. route, but you can't go that road right. initially. You just can't. 
If you want high-quality medical advice from me, you can text your questions <laughs> to 53106, cost 30 cents. On the other hand, if you want the usual sort of medical stuff, which costs 60 quid for five minutes, you can also text 53106. But do say your question is for Kira Kelly, uh, because then I know you want to pay 60 quid. Uh, <laughs> I had a question. Oh, yeah. What about this little nine-year-old girl has hives? Ivan the Mullingar says. He's tried bread soda and your antihistamine. He's probably tried your topical steroid cream. He's probably tried everything. And this poor little nine-year-old is scratching hives like a lunatic. This is very interesting, right? No, no, it actually is because we're going to go with it as hives, but it may not be hives. Um, hives do look sometimes like other things. Hives should respond to antihistamines and actually bread soda bath as well are quite good for, for, for but hives. But he tried bread yes. soda, you're not listening. And also then maybe what we need to do here is is find and isolate and then eliminate whatever's causing, whatever allergen is there causing oh, oh, the now thing. You, so, may, you may have just earned your 60 quid. So, so we need... The allergen is the key to this. Yes, so we may need to do this. We may need to do a little blood test and find out, is this kid allergic to strawberries or kiwi fruit or nuts yeah. or something like that? Yeah. And and if we find dairy or something, and if we find that, that, that she is, then we're good. But the other thing is this, is sometimes with rashes, and we haven't seen this rash, you or I, George, or, or I'm sure we'd for sure both of us sometimes rashes are misdiagnosed and one of the things that looks really like hives is flea bites and flea bites Uh, no. no flea bites are very common if you've got a cat or a dog they're very, very common. People, so he people come, in, lo- yeah, no people come in to me and say, I'm covered in hives and I look at them. The difference between a, a bite and a, and, and a hive, though, is this. There'll be a tiny dot at the centre of a flea bite that there won't be at the centre of a hive. So just have a little look at them and, okay. and, uh, and see. Right. But they look very, they look almost identical apart from you're that. A, honest to God, you're a mine of information. I'm brilliant, am I? That's I'm why you have me every week. Flea bite. Can I tell you, you know my famous itch, which I've had forever. Oh, God. No, yes, Ingrid I... found it. Oh, she Jesus. found it. No one wants to know. This, no, 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 I don't mean Tuesday she, nights are going amazingly well, obviously. <laughs> no, she didn't find the itch. She found what it was in in uh, in medical research. In if you look it up, it's called the Dobi itch. D H O B I, uh, Dobi, which is in India, I think, or something. Okay. The Dobi itch. You get it from where? Um, anyway, but but you can find pictures and everything on Google if you put it in. The Dobi itch. I'm not itch. sure we should be advising people to Google yeah. that. There, you know. It's also called jock rot, apparently. Oh God! <laughs> amongst oh. the rugby fraternity. I have a final question for you, and it's the good old menopause again. And I feel so sorry for this female, 52. Her toenails are cracking, her nails are cracking, uh, her fingernails are brittle, her hair and skin, he's enamelling her teeth. Okay, a couple of things. This is the menopause. Yeah, br- briefly. First of all, you can take some vitamins, you know, calcium, she vitamin asked D. That question. Yeah, calcium, vitamin D, iron, all those things tend to help hair, teeth, nails, all that stuff. So, first of all, do that. Second of all, yes, could it be the menopause? Possibly, but this sounds quite dramatic. Back to our first caller, our first uh, texter. 999 no. ambulance? One of the things that happens sometimes postmenopausally is an underactive thyroid, which can cause... Wait, so underactive thyroid? Oh, yeah. Go get a blood test. But, but take, start taking some, you know, iron and calcium and vitamin D. Go get a blood test and see. Are you serious? Yeah, I am. But, uh, but isn't it incredible that you go into the maternity hospital and the, the nurse full of says, nuns. No, the nurse... The nurse says, Mr. Hook, here's your newborn babe, right? And you look at the, a little boy and you think, he's never going to have the menopause. Isn't the menopause the great curse of women? 
Oh, I'm serious now. This That's is what right. you think when you look at a newborn baby. <laughs> oh, what you think? Look at this lovely baby. Never <laughs> George, your head, your head is not like anyone else's head in no, the world. No, but do you know what I mean? <laughs> that isn't it a terrible curse for women that at a point like 52 this Some woman is. Some women find it liberating. I think you have to try and put a positive slant on everything. Do you? I do, yeah. I do. Oh, quick. Uh, a seven-year-old girl with suspected, this is terrible, irritable bowel symptom, according to the doctor. But, like, she's going to the toilet all the time. She thinks she needs to go all this. Any advice? Uh, I've never seen a seven-year-old diagnosed with irritable bowel. It's not usually a diagnosis that we would put on a child. However, lots of children do get tummy troubles with anxiety and stuff. That's very common. But also lots of kids suffer from um, undiagnosed celiac but disease, for very, example. Yeah. And also lots of kids are constipated and sometimes you can get overflow diarrhoea as a consequence. I would question, sorry, doctor, whoever you are, I would question the diagnosis of irritable bowel in a seven-year-old. Sorry. Would you? I would, yeah. You're like, you're like Asti. You're the sort of North Korea of the medical profession. I'm out in a limb on my own. <laughs> but no one talks to me. Uh, Kira Kelly, who you can find in your newspaper, your television, your radio every day, seven days a week, anywhere she's there. Uh, get all your questions in to 53106 for the health uh, uh, checkup. High Noon with George Hook. Thanks to ClaytonHotels.com with 17 hotels across Ireland and the UK.